Tailor Made by the Bright City. Chapter 3 The pub smells like cheap beer, too much foam and not enough flavour, and the nuts on the table before him are stale. Salazar, lo, how hello he had bought. A Christmas party in a pub three minutes before the ministry, just so Draco could watch her laugh. Granger's not with him, though, and he can barely hear her gentle voice with all the noise. He's not sure why he thought to come, or why he'd thought to purchase a box of his favourite quills, or why he thought to tie a red ribbon around it for her. The seat across from him is an open invitation, but she hardly looks his way. Hardly. He catches her occasional sidelong glance as she tilts back her gin and tonic, but even those small offerings burn bitter in his throat. She must wonder at his presence. She must feel the anomaly as strongly as he does, even though he's come armed with a pile of paperwork not due for another month. And he wants to grab her by the elbow and tell her that he suffers for her. He suffers for the smallest scrap, but she offers no hello, no smile or wave, only widened eyes and a jerky nod. If she'd wanted to celebrate the holiday, he'd have taken her somewhere better. He'd have showered her with gifts and champagne, and he wouldn't have tossed his arm over her shoulder like that common roach terry boot, with neither care nor respect. He would do it better. He would do it right for her. All of it. Give me something. Look at me. Look at me, Granger. She does not, and he gives the quills to Gregory Girl for Christmas. Sans ribbon. Late. Or not early, which is just as bad. Granger will have come in before him, and he prefers to be the one watching her arrive after he's settled in and prepared for her, especially on rainy days like this, when a fine mist shrouds her curls with diamonds. This morning she wears a cream blouse and a snug wool skirt, and he thinks about how he'd pictured her in something similar that morning, at length, scarf in hand, which is why he'd barely had time to breeze through the office before stalking off to prep a meeting with Clearwater though he doesn't know what Clearwater expects to tell him that he doesn't already know before his meeting with the ambassador. He studied the file inside and out, and he spent winter solstice with the ambassador for the past four years. Cufflinks. Draco looks down at his wrists. Double-sided gold cufflinks, stamped with a roaring dragon. Perfectly tasteful and attractive, and he thought Granger had admired them once but they're not the cufflinks specially gifted from the ambassador for entertaining his niece and nephew for a weekend in Saint-Tropez. Draco curses under his breath and checks his watch. No time to go home, and he may not be able to if Clearwater drones on as she's so apt to do. He scribbles off a note to Abercrombie, folds it up with a token to bypass the wards on his flue, and charms it to fly back down to the fifth floor. He makes a mental note that the scarf has been tucked away on an unassuming self. Forty minutes later, from inside Clearwater's office, Draco checks his watch for the fifth time. Where is Abercrombie? He sent him for cufflinks, not fucking unicorn blood. He ought to be back by now. Has he burnt his flat down? Stumbled through the wrong flue? He curses under his breath. What was that? Clearwater asks with a frown. Nothing, Draco mutters, gathering his flowers. I believe we're suitably prepared, don't you? I... Excellent. I'll send you my notes this afternoon. He'll just have to go get the cufflinks himself. In the fifth floor offices at the DIMC, unbeknownst to Draco, Hermione Granger clutches a hastily written note. 
You'd better go, Susan Bones says from behind her. Granger whips around. I can't just go to Malfoy's flat. Bones nods at the token that's fallen onto Abercrombie's desk. Yes, you can. He's left a token. And if you don't, you'll know he'll make Ewan's life a living hell for the rest of the month. But it's not appropriate, Granger protests, panic etched all over her face. Bones rolls her eyes. Oh, don't be such a prude, Hermione. You're just going to fetch your co-worker's cufflinks. You picked up the files that Justin left at home last month. It's the same thing. When Granger finally leaves the office, Finch fleshly shakes his head at Bones. That's only going one of two ways, you know, he said. Oh, I know. Bones leans back in her chair with an extremely satisfied smile. Draco's chest tightens with panic and his mouth goes dry. Impossible. It's impossible for Grange to be here. He's dreamt of her in his flat, flushed and undressed and pinned down on his bed or up against the wall. And he's even had the audacity to dream of her wearing one of his old stretched wool sweaters, hanging down just past her arse as she puts the kettle on the kitchen. But it is, in fact, Granger, reaching for the cufflinks. Her hair is pulled back from her face in a haphazard knot, and she's wearing that same skirt she'd had on this morning. It stretches across her hips in a way that drives him to madness, and she doesn't wear stockings, even though there's a brisk wind outside. He catches that faint scent of her perfume now, and he can't believe that he hadn't noted it sooner. You fool. Visions, now crushed, spill through him. He'd thought of dinner first. he thought of courting her properly, showing her all he could offer her, how well they'd suit one another. He'd offer to cook for her one night, but he wouldn't be too forward. No, he'd introduce her to his flat slowly. He'd let her become comfortable, familiar, and then perhaps on her fourth or fifth visit. What are you doing here? he rasps. The cufflinks fall to the ground. Even over the ringing in his ears, he hears a sharp inhale. But when she turns to him, a haughty expression dresses her face. He dreamt of this, her standing not in his closet, but just a few metres away in his bedroom. In his fantasies, she wears less clothing on her body and less disdain on her countenance. Her eyes would be wide with lust instead of narrowed with irritation, and her cheeks would redden with something other than anger. Her hair, though, would be just as must and glorious, and Draco's hands begin to shake. She can't be here. He thinks of a thousand ways to usher her out, but all of them involve his hands on her body, and he can't touch her. He can't touch, or he'll lose whatever thin grip of control he has left. If he touches her here, in his closet, in his quiet sanctuary where he's thought of touching her until he comes on his fist, he'll break. What am I doing here? Granger scoffs. You're supposed to be prepping for the ambassador. I'm here to fetch your cufflinks because you forgot them, and apparently it's critical that you show them off in... She makes a show of checking her watch. In less than an hour! I told Abercrombie to fetch them, Draco snaps. You shouldn't be here. I absolutely agree, Granger folds her arms. You should have remembered your own cufflinks. Damn the cufflinks. He runs his hand through her hair. He can't possibly make her understand why she must get out. The scarf burns into his consciousness like a beacon, and he moves in front of it. Where is Abercrombie? Granger's frown deepens. Ewan has just left the office for an appointment for Percy Weasley. 
I'm not going to pull him out of his training to pick up after your forgetfulness. Forever the defender. Draco's own shameful jealous flames into anger, and his fists tighten at his side. Unfortunately, I remembered, and because I prepared sufficiently over the last two weeks, I had plenty of time to come back from my cufflinks when Abercrombie was missing in action. So if you'll please get out of my closet, we can both be on our way. He'll get her out, apologise later for his brusqueness, and ask her to dinner, offer to buy her a drink, offer to buy her a new scarf. His hands shake as he goes to reach for the dropped cufflinks, but Granger falls to her knees before he can move. Slow, too slow, and his breath freezes in his chest. If she looks up, she'll see it, and all he can do is wait. You could at least say thank you, you know, she mutters. I did come on this way too. He sees when her eye catches it, and his world ends. It falls apart so easily, he thinks, this fragile thing, gone in a fleeting moment. If only he'd remembered his cufflinks this morning. If only he'd left the scarf behind. If only he could wind back time and turn down the job and never... My scarf! Granger looks up at him, her brow furrowed with confusion. Oh, why do you have my scarf? If only. Draco's jaw tightens. He could tell her everything. He could tell her why. He could tell her how he feels when she kneels before him like this. How he wants to unzip his trousers and slide his cock down her throat and wrap his hands in her unruly curls. He wants to tell her never to kneel before him because he is nothing to her. A horrid, undeserving beast and he wants to drag her up off the floor and hiss never, never in her ear and then kiss her and plead with her and fuck her over the lounge if she'll permit it. He might only say that he's desperate for her touch, her smile, her kindness, and the depth of his want is mortifying. He holds it with horror and fascination, but he can't let go. So he feeds it in small portions with scarves and daydreams. He should lie to her. He should laugh at her, say it was a prank and that he hates her stupid scarf. But he is a fool and he has little to lose. So Draco decides on the truth. I wanted it. It feels good. It feels light. It's a pleasant release, and now that he's said it, he wants to say the rest. You took my scarf, Granger gasps. You can't just take... I never take, Draco snaps. He's wanted to take a hundred times, but he's stayed his hand, hasn't he? He's never touched her hip as he passes, or leered at her at the pub or given a single hint that he would fire every single employee in the department just to spend all his waking hours in her presence. I never just take what I want, except for that one time, Granger. Are you really going to deny me a simple scarf? Her brows knit together. Why would you want my scarf? Stupid, stupid girl. Listen to me. He takes one step forward towards her and she falls back on her heels at this time, pressing her hands into her thighs. Let me make you understand. Lust, Granger, he says carefully, slowly. He'll spell it out for her, even if she doesn't want to hear it. Now that he's started, he can't stop, and not until she sees how good he's been, how terrible, yes, lying and stealing and lusting, 
but how good to restrain himself in the face of such temptation. I wanted your scarf because all day at work I maintain an exacting degree of restraint. I don't look at you how I want to look at you. I don't touch you how I want to touch you. I don't tell you what I want to do to you. Instead, I come home when the day is over and I pour myself an inch of Ogden's. I take off my shoes and I put them away and I pull out that scarf and I can do whatever I want. She stares up at him, but he can't tell what lies behind the shock in her eyes. Fear? Horror? Disgust? As she should, yet she still kneels. What? Finally speechless, Granger. Does that scare you a bit? He growls. Does it frighten you to think that I bury my face in your scarf as I spill into my own hand? Over and over, on the chaise lounge, in his bed, sitting at his desk, he's had her a hundred ways in secret, and she must move, leave now, or else he will have her here, and he will be every bit as horrible as he is in his dreams. Get up, run from me, run and do not come back. He takes another menacing step forward. Granger swallows and blinks at the smallest sound slips past her lips. No, she says. The simple word drowns out the roaring in his ears. No. She's wrong, though. It is horrific. He is horrific. And she shouldn't. She should be frightened, because he is frightened. He searches her face for a lie. She must be lying. It should scare you, he hisses. It scares me, the things I want to do to you. Draco's gaze scrapes down her body, and a number of past daydreams run behind his eyes, all of which had brought him to climax while clutching that stupid damning scarf. He releases a shuddering breath. She doesn't move, not even a tremble in her lip, like she's carved from stone or ice. If she goes now, he can't get himself under control. He could manage it, go see the ambassador, collect his things and move to another division by lunch tomorrow. Or he could let go. If she'd let him, he could let go and he could show her. If she's not frightened, if she really is stupidly brave like a little Gryffindor, he could make her understand. Get out of my flat, he grits through bared teeth or pull up your skirt. The air in his closet stands still, heavy with cedar and wool and her, watching her is sweet torture. He can't move until she moves, until she decides and her palms slide ever so slowly towards her knees. Please, he thinks, please. Her skirt is pulled taut across her thighs, and those fine little fingers that he's imagined around his cock tuck under the hem and she tugs. Inch by inch the skirt moves and a flush spreads over her face and down her neck. Each of her small movements is torture to watch. He holds his breath in case the slightest interruption changes her mind, and she finally pauses when the skirt rests bunched at the top of her thighs. She looks at him with a question in her eye but Draco can't help but steal a glance at the dark shadow where her thighs meet underneath her skirt. More. He can hardly manage the command, and he chokes it out in a hoarse voice. Higher, Granger. She obeys. Good, good girl. And wriggles back and forth in a struggle to tug the fabric over her ass. Beautiful. 
Granger is kneeling before him in the soft, golden glow of his closet, her skirt clutched about her waist, eyes blown wide with lust, and he can make out her knickers that had previously been hidden in the shadow. He's finally going to take. Now, Draco says in a low voice, go sit on the chaise. Granger holds her skirt as she slowly stands up, her chin held high, lips pursed and then parted. She takes two and a half unsteady steps back, her eyes never leaving his, and she sinks down onto the chaise lounge, her grip tight on her skirt and her thighs still pressed together, which won't do. He needs to open her up, open her thighs, her mouth, her sweet cunt, but he must be careful because, for all her bravado, he sees the soft tremble in her lip. So she does understand after all. Good. Draco approaches her slowly, and she doesn't move until he stands in front of her. He reaches for her hair and twists his fingers into it. Her curls are silky and divine, and soft, slightly whimpering, escapes Granger's lips. Her eyelashes flutter, but she doesn't look away as he studies her face, running his thumb over her temple. I hate that fucking skirt, he growls. She starts. I like this skirt. I hate all of your skirts, Draco chokes out. All of them hug your ass, and they ride up your thighs when you cross your legs and... Her gaze briefly flashes down to his mouth and Draco stops abruptly, yanking her head back and boxing her in. He lets out a small gasp. He needs her to listen. Do you ever look at me like that, Granger? Do you ever feel like you might just snap? Do you feel this too? She blinks up at him and she searches him right back. He feels bare, vulnerable, even though she's the one kneeling before him. What does she see? What is she thinking, remembering? He hates it. Yes, she says. I do. Let go. His hand tightens in her hair and his other grabs her arm. He yanks her up to him and captures her mouth with his. Her lips are soft, pliant, and she tastes like rain after a drought. Rain that brings flowers and promises of warmth, like sugar and tea, and he needs more. He needs to taste and touch everything. So he teases his way into her mouth, and his hands scramble, stroking and yanking and dragging until her damn skirt is around her ankles, and he can feel the warm skin of her back. More. More. He spreads his fingers over that perfect smooth skin, pressing against her chest. Mine. A Granger slips her arms up between them. Her hands wander over his shoulders, up his neck to his hair, and he tries to swallow his groan as he cups her ass. It's even better than he'd imagined, and he wants to rut against her until he comes in his trousers. He wants to show her what she does to him, how she affects him, how impossible it is to work when she's there, hips swinging, climbing ladders with torn stockings. She grasps his tie and Draco traps her wrists in an iron grip. No, he hisses. Control. Their heavy breathing intermingles for a moment. He can't let her touch him. Not yet. Not when his cock is so eager for release that he borders on some madness. He caresses the fine, thin skin on her wrists. It's even softer than the cashmere sweater he'd pulled on that morning. The finest luxury. 
and it's here before him for the taking. But, just with all the fine things in his home, she requires care, tenderness, attention. Draco lets out a slow breath before whispering his next demand. Sit down. He wonders if she'll obey him again, and though she moves slowly, Granger sinks back onto the chaise lounge, her cheek pink and fingers pressed into the cream fabric on either side of her. Much better this way. Much better to have her like this so that he can kneel before her, as the gods had always intended. Her lips are full and flushed as he lowers himself to his knees, closer to his true aim. Open. Open for me. He nudges her thighs apart with a gentle touch. Gods. More. Draco slides his hands up to her hips, and Granger falls back on her elbows with a gasp as he yanks her closer to the edge of the chaise bringing her core so close that he can feel her heat. But it's not enough. Will he ever have enough? She says that she looks at him too, but she can't possibly mean it. He has to make her understand. He hooks the sides of her knickers and pulls them down her legs slowly until they meet her skirt around her ankles, and then the whole lot is discarded to the side along with her heels. He presses a reverent kiss to the inside of each knee, working his way up to her silky thighs, stroking and kissing each mark, each freckle, each line, murmuring words of praise. He hovers over her bare entrance, and she sucks in a breath as her fingertips indecent on the brocode fabric. Somewhere in the flat, a clock chimes. It's a soft, muted sound, but he feels the flinch of interruption on her skin, and Draco pulls back to look at her. Don't leave. Don't leave me. The outside world can't exist. Not now, not when her legs are parted for him. He wants to hold her here, trap her, but a cage would only sap her glory. Don't go. Granger's mouth twitches before she speaks. You're not going to be late, are you? Fuck the time. It's fine, he growls, and he ducks his head between her thighs and kisses her. Time is nothing, and he kisses her cunt to remind her of that. Ignore the clock. Me. Us. Here. She tastes like spun sugar, and he could lose himself between her thighs, licking and sucking and breathing her in. He hikes one leg over his shoulder to open her wider, to give himself more access, to make her forget everything outside these four walls and focus on him, and him alone for once. She's always looking elsewhere, and chatting and smiling, and it's never for him. But now... Now she can't ignore him as he sucks at her clit, can she? She can't hide her flushed skin or that little lusty gasp as he opens her even wider and slides a single, thick finger into her dripping cunt. Malfoy, she gasps, her back arching off the chaise. Gods, yes, there. Hermione. Her name is a prayer on his lips. She's sung and warm and he needs to focus. Focus on rolling her clit under his tongue. Focus on her slightest hitch of breath. Focus on the curl and rhythm of his fingers as he adds another. But he's painfully hard in his trousers, and her flush has spread down her neck to her chest, and her head falls back, mouth open, and he should bring her over the edge first, but he can't. He can't have her on his fingers when he needs her on his cock. He needs to feel her come on his cock. He needs her mouth. He needs her close, her whole body close, 
And he needs to be in her, really in her. He needs to fuck her. Draco tears himself away and wastes no time capturing her mouth with his, dragging her up and back on the chaise with a strong arm around her waist, kissing away her pretty cries of please, please, as her dark hair spills over the cream brocade in a beautiful contrast. Want this like I want this. His erection strains in his trousers, and he can't shed them quickly enough. Clumsy and bulky as he lays over her, his knuckles brushing her, but gods, his cock finally falls out against her, thick and heavy. Let me fuck you, Granger, he gasps against her throat, sliding his length around her folds. Let me make you feel good, make you feel like... Granger's breath catches, and she tightens her hold on his shoulders. Yes, she pleads. I need to... He drives into her in one stroke. Gods, he hisses, almost hilted. So tight, so fucking tight, and she rocks against him, trying to accommodate him, make room. Such a good girl. He hitches up her thigh, and she opens just so, just enough as he slides the rest of the way in with a hot groan. She shifts her hips against him, small rocking movements that hint at desperation. Want like I want. For all he's imagined this, it is unimaginable. Her wanting, her responding, her needed little protest as her fingers grasp for purchase. Her lips fall apart in a silent gasp and her cheeks are pink, beautiful. Pink just like... Draco looks down to where he's buried in her. I knew it. He pulls back and thrusts in once more. Fuck, I knew I'd fit in you so, so perfectly. Like you're made for... She cries out, clinging to her shoulders as his hips snap into her again and then another time. Her fingers grasp at the cashmere sweater still covering his back, and Draco ducks his head against her neck, sinking onto her muttering beautiful obscenities against her throat about no one and fill you and mine and fucking skirts and take you. His. His. And he can feel how she's his as she comes around him with a loud moan, clawing at his back as he drives into her through the crash, never relenting in its pace, even though he pulls back slightly to watch her flushed cheeks and wild hair. Beautiful. Beautiful Hermione. Beautiful in order and chaos, beautiful in focus and in day's lust, and he wants to bask in it for hours. But the pressure in his cock is unbearable, and he can't. He can't. Gods, I can feel. Draco gropes at her breasts, full and bouncing, and he wants to bury himself in them too. Fuck, Hermione, I'm... I can't. You're so fucking tight, I can't. He falls back on top of her, and his hand grasps at her waist, and then something in him snaps. His pace becomes brutal, punishing, and she clings to him, riding out another wave of her own bliss, as his lips latch onto her jaw, her neck, and then, with another violent snap of his hips, Draco groans her name against her shoulder and bites down on the tender muscle there, as he spills into her in a hot rush. Hermione. Her eyes fall shut, and her face, perfect in all its sharp angles, glows with pleasure and rest. She runs her hands down the length of his back, and he nearly shudders at the gentle touch as he caresses her waist. She's still so soft, 
so tender and pliant, and he flexes his hips into her. Stay. A small mark on her neck, just where he'd bitten her, stirs guilt in his chest. He'd been a brute, and he kissed at the skin there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be better next time. Let me have a next time. He doesn't rise for a moment, relishing in her form beneath him. But he has to hold her and touch her and tell her, and he can't do any of those things with his cock still inside her. A breathy moan escapes Hermione's mouth as he slowly pulls out. And he shouldn't. He shouldn't. Control. But his fingers replace his cock, and he carefully, gently massages her entrance, pushing his spen back inside her. It's embarrassing. Shameful how he wants to fill her again, even now. And at a small gasp, he flushes at his own indiscretion. Please let me. His hands shake, but he can't stop. He needs all of it inside her, and she probably thinks he's some kind of deviant, but he can't stop. You're so beautiful. She leans forward and kisses him. He feels the hesitation, the uncertainty. But is it his, or hers? It feels like an awkward first kiss, but she persists and he opens his mouth to her. It grows warm and sleepy and affectionate, and he tangles with her lazy, cupping her ass just because he can, and wrapping an arm around her waist to shift her so he can lie next to her, and he sighs against her mouth. Another chime rings through the flat. They both stiffen. You're going to be late for your meeting with the ambassador, she says. Draco pulls back and curses under his breath, checking his watch to confirm the time. Fuck. He climbs off her and swiftly rearranges his trousers and belt, then looks around in confusion. The... The cufflinks are on the floor still, I think. Granger sits up. I'm sorry I dropped them. It's fine, Draco mutters, plucking them off the rug. Back in control. He needs to reset and return to himself, or who he ought to be, at least for the ambassador, for his job, for the world outside these four walls. His tie is a wrinkled mess, and he changes it out as Granger straightens her skirt, and he regrets that he hadn't torn it from her body. Every inch of her looks untamed, messy and swollen, flushed, standing before him with only that pretty blouse, half-buttoned. He cleans the front of his trousers, and as he fastens one cufflink, he considers how many pairs of trousers he'd like her to make a mess on. She starts to slide her knickers back on, and he can't help the rush of panic that tightens in his chest. Stop. She looks at him in confusion. What? Merlin. Draco ducks his head to finish the second cufflink and brushes his sleeve before looking back up at Hermione. He wants her to read his gaze, to understand that he needs her here. She's only just arrived and this isn't what he'd planned, not at all, and if she leaves, he fears she will never come back. Could you, um... He coughs and rubs his jaw. Could you wait here, perhaps? I'll only be an hour or two. There's wine in the kitchen, or... He stops abruptly. If you don't mind, that is. Please. How does he say please? Hermione's eyes widen. I can't. Draco inspects his cuff as his chest twists into something hard and painful. I have a meeting with Collins in a half hour, she says, snatching up her skirt as well. And then I have to finish up the quarterly reports for department approval before the end of the day. I see, 
Draco grunts, checking his watch again. Of course, it, it's only mid-afternoon. Granger tugs the skirt over her waist and hesitates before she continues. I could... I could come back after work, I suppose. Draco looks up at her. Hope, buoyant and bright. If she can't stay, she can come back. Yes, he straightens his tie. Yes, I, I suppose I'll need to submit my notes from the ambassador as well. That shouldn't take long. Granger reaches for her heels. After work, then. I still have the token, I think. Yes, he nods. If you arrive before I do, please help yourself to the wine cabinet. I will, Granger reassures him, smoothing out her clothes to the best of her ability. He steps back and holds the door open to let her pass. After you, then. Granger goes to slide past him, but the temptation is too great, and Draco snags her hips as she walks by, and cupping her face in one hand, presses his lips to hers. I'm sorry, he murmurs against her mouth, for he is selfish, greedy, always taking what scrap she'll offer. I... Granger leans forward on her toes to kiss him back, and her fingertips rest on his chest. Something in him and whines, ever so slightly. Quiets. And he wraps his arms around her, tangling his fingers in her hair until she pulls away from him. Come back. I'll see you at five, she whispers, scanning his face. Her brown eyes are dark, nearly unreadable, and he wants to draw her in again, but he swallows the urge. She'll do what she says. She always does. If she says she'll see him at five, she will. Please come back. Yes, Draco replies. A smile tugs at his mouth and he runs his thumb over the corner of her jaw. I'll see you at five. Mm -hmm.